This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Together, we're learning how to make marriage and love better. Why is love so messy? Here we go. For notes and references, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash messy. It's August 5th, 2004, around 9 p.m. I'm in a hospital room, and I'm curled up on a cold, hard floor, and I'm crying. The thing you have to understand is I'm one of those people that just doesn't cry. I never flinch, never panic, and I always have a plan, but not on this day. Instead, I'm on the floor, sobbing and hoping that nobody sees me. It had all started a couple months after our wedding day. I had married the woman of my dreams. We loved each other madly, kissed passionately, and did everything together. But when she told me, I was in complete shock. It was late one night when she told me, and I went outside in the dark to water some bushes I'd planted a couple of weeks before. I was gone for a while, maybe an hour, and I came back in, and it was then I would deal with the news. From that moment on, our lives changed forever. We spent money that we didn't have preparing for something that was coming. We were having a baby. After a few months, one of the most incredible things happened. One night on the way home from church, my wife felt the baby move. I was amazed. It was one of the most incredible moments of my entire life. Our baby was moving. It made everything different. Our excitement went to like a fever pitch. But soon everything would change again as she woke up in intense pain early one morning. After a frantic drive to the hospital, We found out she was in labor, but it was way too early. So I held her hand for hours until she finally had the baby. He was a perfect little boy, but lifeless. In the days, weeks, months, and years that followed, we dealt with the pain, the grief, and the sorrow that accompanied that kind of loss. And it still hurts today. It's the kind of loss that people just don't know how to respond to. But somehow we made it through but not without scars, and there were times when we were just completely frustrated. We found out that life and love is messy. The truth about love is that it is messy. So why is love so messy? There's a table of contents. Love is messy because it is risky. Love is messy because it's free. Love is messy because it's prone to fail. And it's okay that love is messy because it's amazing, it's relentless, and it's dysfunctional. So here we go. Love is messy, number one, because it is risky. You can find the risk of love embedded in the gospel story. Jesus loves you so much that he would give his life for you, knowing fully well that you could reject his offer of salvation and forgiveness. I even know a lot of people who've said yes to Jesus. They put their faith in Christ, and then years down the road, they turn their back on him, and they just walk away from the truth. But loving me is a risk that Jesus took so he could save me. 
Love is messy because it's risky. Jesus takes a risk on you and me. That's why love gets so messy. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Security and love and marriage is really just an illusion. And we work really hard to build that illusion up. You get married, you share a bank account. Or we're secure, we have a bank account, we share our money. You buy a house together in hopes of making your love more secure. We even share our hopes and dreams with each other. But in reality, everything about love and life, everything about your marriage could change in a single moment of time. It could just take one life event or one spouse giving up on the other. You just kind of take for granted that your spouse will always be there. You know, when dating, you do everything you can to keep them, right? I mean, you start to fall in love and you're interested in each other. So you do what you can to keep each other. But now that you're armed with this like sense of security in marriage, you let down your guard and you kind of give into the idea that your spouse will always be there. But the Bible makes it clear, things are not so secure in this life. Listen to this, Proverbs 27 verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Again, in James chapter 4, verse 13, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. The bottom line is that security is just an illusion. It's like this house of cards. It could collapse at any moment. It's like you're building your love out of these house of cards. And all it would take was one card to fail, one card to mess up, and everything's going to fall down. You have to live and accept the fact that love is a risk. But it is a risk that's worth taking, in my opinion. But don't take your love and marriage for granted. Keep giving your best to your relationship. Do you remember what it was like before you won your spouse? You probably always tried to look your best, right? You gave them gifts and compliments. Maybe you even did some things that you normally would not because you wanted to win their affection. When I was dating my girlfriend who had become my wife, Amber, I bought expensive hair products for myself. You got to understand that I always keep my haircut really close. The reason is I don't like to deal with having to fix my hair. So I just keep it close and it makes it easy. So usually I just get like the cheapest thing I can to fix my hair. Oh, but when I was dating my wife, I bought expensive hair products. I paid good money for stuff because I wanted my hair to look perfect for her. I like to wear golf shirts. And when I went to see my wife, I always tucked my golf shirts in. But the reality is I always wear those golf shirts like rugby style. I'd never wear them tucked in. But when I was dating my wife, I wanted to look my best. So I tucked my shirt tail in. 
And then I always wore these really nice khaki pants when I was dating my wife. When I went to go see her, I had these khaki pants on. I mean, they had the iron, like the crease perfectly ironed on those pants. But in reality, I wear like worn-in jeans all the time. So I wear worn-in jeans and rugby-style golf shirts. But not when I was dating my wife because I wanted to look my best. Now, I even bought cards, flowers, and I would bring her all sorts of different gifts. Then once we were married, guess what I did? I went back to rugby-style shirts and jeans again because, after all, I have her now, right? No. It is a mistake to stop giving your best to your relationship. It's one of those things you may not see how it's affecting things at first, but someday, after some time passes, you'll look back and wonder what happened to all the passion and love that you once had. It's like the ultimate in selfishness to stop caring about the needs and wants of the person you love because now you feel like you have them. You have to keep giving your best to your relationship. It's just like my relationship with Jesus. And when I look back on it, he just keeps giving me his best, even though he has me. I'll tell you something else. When I give him my best, it makes my walk with him absolutely incredible. So what happens is you settle into the security of love and marriage and you stop putting your best into relationship. That's when everything starts falling apart. Listen to what Jesus said in John 10, 10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Christian life is not just about the moment you put your faith in Jesus. It's about everything that happens after that. In the same way, your marriage is not just about the moment you said I do. It's about everything that you do after that that makes your marriage what it should be, that makes your marriage special. Human love is fragile. The only love that is really secure is the love that Jesus Christ has for us. It's the one love you can bank on to last forever, even when you mess up. I love this Bible verse. Listen to these words. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. But human love is fallible. In fact, you can lose human love without doing anything at all. By just doing nothing in your relationship, you fall out of love. So you may think that you're secure in your marriage, but that feeling of security could end up destroying what you have. You know what? I'm going to say it before, but I think it's worth repeating. When love ends, sometimes people leave each other, but other times they stay together for a lifetime of misery. You know, that's not what God intended for marriage. Yes, God wants you to stay married, but he doesn't want you to be miserable. That's not what he intended for marriage to be. He wants you to be happily married and understanding that Understanding the limits of your human love, understanding that you have to keep working to cultivate your love relationship, understanding that you have to keep giving your best to your love relationship with your spouse helps you to have the kind of marriage that you need to have. So love is messy because honestly, it's risky. You are taking a risk by loving your spouse. 
by putting yourself out there, by making yourself vulnerable. Love is risky. But also, love is messy because it's free. Love is messy because it's free. No one can force you to love somebody. When I was dating my wife, and we called it courtship instead of dating, it basically means the same thing, but courtship is really strict dating. And that's okay because it keeps you out of trouble. But at first, I had this fear that she would end up rejecting me. My wife was and is like this beautiful, sweet, kind, outgoing, loving person. But me, on the other hand, I am plain, blunt, unapproachable, and shy. That's none of the things that she is. It took me a while to be able to put myself out there to love her. But once I felt I could trust her, I chose to let go of all my fears and love her in spite of those things. Even though I felt the risk, I took a chance and fell hopelessly in love. Love is a choice. And you know what? It's that choice that makes love so intimate. You are choosing to love your spouse. My wife is choosing to love me. It makes love intimate. This is the part of love that mirrors the gospel story. Jesus loves you. That's what makes the gospel so amazing. 1 John 4.10 Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. He made the choice to love you. So love is a choice. It's a choice that you have to make each day. Not just when you're dating, you make the decision that you're going to fall in love with each other. No, you make that choice every day. Every day you make that choice anew and you choose to love each other. Listen to this quote that I found. I don't necessarily recommend this book or this person as an author, but here's a quote that I think kind of illustrates the way that I feel about love and kind of tells a little bit about the choice that we make. Here it is. I didn't fall in love with you. I walked into love with you with my eyes wide open, choosing to take every step along the way. I do believe in fate and destiny, but I also believe we are only fated to do the things that we choose anyway. And I choose you in a hundred lifetimes in a hundred worlds In any version of reality, I find you and I choose you. That's a quote by Kirsten White from The Chaos of Stars. Let me ask you this. Do you always make it easy for Jesus to love you? The answer to that question is probably an emphatic no. I don't always make it easy for Jesus to love me. And to be honest, most of the time, I probably make it hard. Sometimes the choice to love each other is harder than at other times. But when you choose to love each other, your marriage becomes the canvas and you become the artist that paints the picture of mercy, grace, and forgiveness in the gospel story. When you choose to love, even when it's hard to do that, even when that choice is something that's not easy to do, it reflects the gospel story. Choosing to love is the key to staying in love. 
is the secret to a happy marriage. Choosing to love every day. But you have a free will. Marriage is messy because it's free. You have a free will to choose. It's one of those things that makes love so messy. Just like you can and should choose to love, you can choose not to. What makes love so special is the same thing that makes it so vulnerable. The truth is that your spouse can choose not to love you. And the ugly thing is you can't force them to love you. If you ever find yourself in a situation where your spouse chooses not to love you, and that's a hard situation to be in, but understand that you're experiencing something that makes you very intimate with Christ because Christ felt rejection. You're feeling the same feeling that he felt, and it gives you a deeper understanding. It gives you a love relationship with him you maybe could have never understood before. But that's what makes love so messy is that we have a free will. We have the ability to choose. That's what makes our relationship that we have with Jesus so special to him. You choose to love him. You are choosing to love Jesus. You're choosing to put your faith and trust in him. It's what makes that relationship so special. And it's what makes your marriage so special. That you're choosing to love each other throughout the course of your marriage. You're taking that free choice that you have and you are choosing to love the person you're spending your life with. So love is risky. That's why it's so messy. Love is free. That's why it's so messy. But love is also prone to fail. Love is susceptible to failure. The truth is you and your spouse are going to make mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. Those mistakes are what make your marriage messy. But it's how you handle those mistakes that will make or break your marriage. You have to understand that failure is inevitable. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart, you repent of your sins, and you put your faith in him, you make that choice, you are immediately in Christ. And get this, you're just as saved as Jesus is. So you are immediately saved. But there's something else going on here. Your body is not saved. Although your heart has changed and you're a new creature in Christ, you still have the same body that you've always had. Listen to this in Romans 8, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. So your soul is saved, but your body is not. Sometimes we call it the flesh, but it's the carnal, sinful, cursed body that we live in till we see Jesus. You are capable of doing anything you would have done before you knew Jesus, after you know him. That's because you have that same body, that same sinful nature, and that will not be changed until we see Jesus face to face. Then we'll have a new body. But right now, we're capable of doing any sin that anyone else would do. We are capable of the same failure that anyone else could do. And we do a good job of painting it up, don't we? And we try to look pious and righteous, but the truth is we're all just sinners saved by His grace. And because of that, we're prone to failure. You are going to make mistakes. 
Understand that your spouse is going to make mistakes just like you. Don't act surprised when your spouse makes a mistake because you make mistakes too. The truth is I make mistakes all the time and I have to ask God's forgiveness and so do you. That's why you have to understand when your spouse makes a mistake is because they're a sinner just like you are. And you have to understand that. Love is prone to fail. We are prone to make mistakes. That makes love messy. You have to understand that your spouse makes mistakes just like you make mistakes. This doesn't mean that you take the consequences from your spouse or that you choose to overlook something that they're doing wrong. This just means that you have an understanding that they make mistakes because they're a sinner just like you. Love is messy because we're all sinners. Love is messy because it's risky, it's free, and it's prone to fail. And actually, it's okay that love is messy. At the end of the day, love is like two messed up people holding on to each other for a lifetime. And even though love is messy, it's okay that it is. Life and love just get messy sometimes. The truth is that all love in this life is messy. But it's okay that it's messy because, first of all, it's amazing. It's the mess of love that makes the gospel amazing. As Christians, if we were always perfect and did the right thing, the story of redemption would make a lot more sense to me. That God would send his son to die for a bunch of worthy people. That makes sense. But we make a mess out of our lives, and still he offers redemption to us. We are poor, unworthy sinners, yet God still sent his son to die for me and for you. The gospel is such an amazing story that God will redeem the souls of men that are completely depraved and dead in sins. It's a love that's so amazing that the angels are interested in it. Listen to this. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. That's First Peter chapter 1, verse 12. The angels are interested in this amazing gospel story that God would love sinful men, that God would give his son to die for unworthy people. It's an amazing story. The mess of love is what makes the gospel so amazing. I am a sinner, but since I put my faith in Jesus, according to Ephesians chapters 1 and 2, through the power of the gospel, I am, here we go, blessed, blameless, redeemed, sealed, saved, reconciled, chosen, adopted, forgiven, alive, his workmanship, a saint, go figure, holy, accepted, rich, loved, made nigh, and a holy temple. In the gospel, Jesus takes a life and a love that is completely a mess and makes something beautiful out of it. I remember the moment that I put my trust and my faith in him. And to be honest with you, I didn't have a whole lot of that. I gave my heart to him and he changed my life. A love that is messy, he can make it beautiful. I am a sinner saved by grace. This is what love is. Messy, 
but amazing. So the mess is really not as important as the love you share with Jesus. The mess of love is what makes your marriage amazing. The mess in your marriage is not as important as the love you share. Having a good marriage doesn't mean that you're both perfect spouses. It means loving each other, even though you're flawed. Everybody brings some kind of baggage into marriage. You may not have realized you had it or that it was a problem until you share your life with another person. And love makes you work through those things. But if God can work with you with all the problems that you have, surely you can work through in love the problems that you have in your marriage. The thing you have to remember is that you have baggage too. Here's some examples. Here's some things that people bring into marriage. Some examples of baggage that people may have. Abuse. According to the National Children's Alliance, nearly 700,000 children are victims of abuse each year in the U.S. That is a staggering statistic. If you want to see more of those statistics, and there's a lot there, you can follow the link that I'll have in the notes. So abuse. Finances. Maybe you struggle with controlling your spending or handling your money. You know, when you get married, those kind of problems are amplified. Now your spending and your debt are affecting your spouse and your relationship. Past relationships are baggage that we bring into marriage. It's that kind of hurt that you really don't want to talk about. The failed love that you have experienced has an impact on the love that you have now. Childhood. Because of the way you were raised or what you experienced as a child, you bring those viewpoints and expectations into marriage. For instance, if your parents argued a lot, you may think that's the way marriage is supposed to be because that's all you've experienced. Your experience shapes your expectations. And we bring those experiences into marriage. And sometimes they have a negative impact. The mess in your relationship doesn't matter as much as how you deal with that mess. So this is what you do. You use the model of the gospel story to break through the mess in your love. Here's how you do that. Number one, forgive freely. Forgive the way that Jesus forgives you. That means letting go of your spouse's mistakes because guess who else makes a lot of mistakes? That's right, you do. Number two, Practice patience. I'm going to ask you this question. Isn't Jesus patient with you? I think you'd have to say that he is. Be as patient with your spouse as you would want them to be with you. Number three, crave communication. Do you talk to Jesus about your problems? Talk to each other about your problems. Crave communication in your marriage. Number four, seek support. Finding help is what the gospel is really all about. So find someone you can trust who can help you through the problems in your marriage. So it's okay that love is messy because love is amazing. And it's okay that love is messy because it's relentless. The mess in your marriage doesn't have to break it. Just because you're having problems in your marriage, it doesn't mean that your love is over. In fact, it may mean that your love is going to turn into something better. What makes the gospel so meaningful is that Christ is loving me in my brokenness. The mess in your relationship 
is what makes your love so meaningful. And working through those things together is what it means to be a Christian in love. You find real love and meaning in the process. Love is blind. When you first meet, love is so intoxicating that you really don't see the mess. And maybe that's God's way of letting your relationship grow before the blindness wears off. I mean, to be completely, like, brutally honest, when I first got married to my wife, we were just too busy kissing each other's faces off to realize we had any problems at all in our relationship. Love is blind to the mess. But sooner or later, you look around and notice the mess. So this is my proposal to you. Acknowledge that you have a mess. Okay, make productive steps to fix the mess. And here we go. Close your eyes and pretend the mess isn't there. Let me illustrate this. Love is like housework. There is a story in the Bible about two sisters, Martha and Mary, who invited Jesus in their home. But Martha was so busy with housework and serving that she became angry because Mary was just sitting with Jesus. So after expressing her concerns with Jesus about Mary not working, Jesus said, surprisingly, that Mary had chosen the good part. Listen to this. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So Jesus is saying, you can obsess over the housework and the chores. Or you can just focus on spending time with me. It's the same way in your marriage. You can focus on the housework and chores. Or you can just focus on loving and spending time with your spouse. After all, there will always be housework. But the memories that you make together can never be taken away from you. So by closing your eyes to the mess, you can then focus on being in love with each other. Now, there's a lot bigger mess than housework in your marriage, right? But by closing your eyes to the mess, you can focus on being in love instead. It's like standing in the kitchen when there are dishes in a sink and a counter that's a mess and holding on to each other instead of worrying about it. Yes, you're going to deal with the mess, right? But being in love and being together is what's the most important. You may not like it, but that's the gospel model from Jesus. That that love relationship is more important than any mess that you have. It's not that you're ignoring the mess. It's not that you're not planning on dealing with it. But you're closing your eyes and you're focusing. You're focusing on your love with each other. It's okay that love is messy because it's amazing. It's relentless. And it's dysfunctional. I'm just going to be brutally honest because it's kind of what I've been doing lately is being brutally honest about things. But Amber and I have problems in our marriage. There are things that we are trying to work through in our marriage right now. But we're loving each other at the same time. And the thing is, every relationship has problems that they have to work through. Love is like a work in progress. I like to refer to Ephesians 5, 21 and 33 as a Bible model for marriage. It's this awesome picture of Christ in the church and the marriage relationship. 
So your love relationship should be like the relationship between Christ and the church. It's my goal as a husband to be like Christ in our marriage. And my wife's goal is to be like the church. But I am like way off of that model. Sometimes I say, well, I'm not perfect. But the truth is, that doesn't touch it. I am nowhere close to being like the model in Ephesians chapter 5. But it's okay because I'm working toward that. It's okay that your marriage isn't perfect. The main thing is that you're working toward that goal of being like Christ in the church. It's all about the journey and being together on that journey. The key is to focus on loving each other instead of focusing on the mess. Be the best spouse you can be. At the end of the day, that's all you can do. But with God's help, you can be the best you can be in your relationship, even though your relationship may be dysfunctional. And the truth is, because of sin, because of our mistakes, because of our failures, because of the mess, in its own way, every love relationship is dysfunctional. So even though your relationship may need some work, you can make that relationship what's important to you. The mess is okay because it gives you the opportunity to clean it up together. In summary, love is messy because love is risky. Love is messy because love is free. Love is messy because it's prone to fail. And it's okay that love is messy because it's amazing. It's relentless. And it's dysfunctional. Thanks for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.